You're listening to today's inspirational message on pursuing God with Gene Apple. Here's Gene. Well, happy Friday. We're just a couple of weeks away uh, from Christmas, a little more, and I, I hope this time together is really helpful in helping you get ready spiritually for Christmas. I want to begin today with Luke's account of Jesus' birth in chapter 2. He writes, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a, a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went up to their own town to register, and so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Now, according to Luke, uh, that night uh, looked on the outside, I think you would say, like a very unspectacular event. There were no bands, no bouquets or balloons to celebrate this occasion, Uh, No TV cameras, no reporters, not even an iPhone to record the event. And considering Mary was nine months pregnant, the 85-mile trip they had taken from Nazareth to Bethlehem, I mean, it would have been uncomfortable in a BMW, much less riding on the back of a donkey or on an ox cart. It had been a three-day journey, probably, so Mary had to be exhausted even before she goes into labor. Once they arrive, there's the nightmare of no vacancy at any of the usual lodging places. Bethlehem was a small village, a little town of Bethlehem. Uh, But on that night, it was like an international convention had taken over the town. No rooms were available anywhere, not even for a young pregnant girl going into labor. Joseph finally gets him settled in the stable, just as the hard labor is about to begin and the contractions are intensifying. Paul Harvey, the late Paul Harvey, told a story about a hospital that had a sign on the door of the maternity ward that said, push, push, push. But for Mary, there was no maternity ward, no epidural, no supportive medical staff. There was just a wide-eyed husband, some smelly animals. And Luke says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them in the end. Suddenly, there was a very unusual birth announcement made to the shepherds out on a hillside. An angel appeared to them and said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Now, I want to focus on three words in that announcement to the shepherds. A Savior, Christ, Lord. Savior, Christ, Lord. The word Savior refers to the fact that Jesus could forgive us for the sins of our past, from our moral failures and our selfish and short-sighted blunders that have created a separation, a distance between us and God. And the announcement that this baby is the Savior means he is the one who will be the forgiver of our sins for our past. The word Lord means leader. Jesus is the one who can lead us out of our sinful past and into a new beginning in the present. He's the one who can help straighten out our blunder-filled paths and lead us to experience life at its fullest. But the word I really want to zero in on is that word Christ. Christ is the Greek word for the Hebrew word Messiah. The Jewish people have been looking all their lives from the time for the time when God would send the Messiah, the Deliverer the one who would deliver them from death in the future. This baby would be the forgiver of sins, the leader of our lives, and the deliverer from death. Now, why would that be significant to the shepherds? Why would it be significant to us? Because we're all going to die. I once interested a web 
in, uh, visited a website called The Death Clock, and I typed the date of my birth, and based on life expectancies, as of that morning, it said I had 977,827,721 seconds left to live, and the seconds just kept ticking, ticking away as you looked at it. It said, your personal date of death is Friday, December 2nd, 2033. <laughs> you may want to make plans for the next life. Deathclock.com is described as the internet's friendly reminder that life is slipping away. It, it was sobering to watch seconds continually tick off. And I kept thinking, there's another one. There's another one. There's another one. The reality for all of us is we're all going to die. I'm going to die. You're going to die. These shepherds knew they were going to die. However, the angel with this unusual birth announcement gave them hope. Do not be afraid. You don't have to fear. This Christ is not only the forgiver of your sins of your past, thank goodness that he is, the perfect leader of your life in the present, thank goodness that he's that, but he's the ultimate deliverer from death in your future. Jesus spoke very candidly about death, about what happens when you die, and about the afterlife. And from his eternal perspective, death is a universal reality all of us need to face. It does us no good to be in denial about reality. That's why we need Jesus to provide us with the hope of everlasting life. And by putting our faith in Jesus as our Savior, entrusting our lives to his leadership, we can know with certainty that we're ready to stand before God in eternity. Do you know what's waiting for you in the afterlife? Do you know where you'll spend eternity? You can know. It all depends on what you've decided to do with Jesus. How about if you haven't putting your faith in him right now as your Savior, your Lord, and your Deliverer? And God, that's my prayer, that everyone within the sound of my voice would declare that you're their Savior, you're their Lord, their leader, and you're their Messiah, the Deliverer from death. Thank you for coming. Thank you for the meaning behind this announcement to the shepherds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Catch you tomorrow. You're listening to today's inspirational message on pursuing God with Gene Apple. 